Okay, this is a 30-second commercial, and I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you, but please stay with me. In just 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. This company has been offering great rates and great service for over 75 years, and anytime you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. That company is Geico. Go to geico.com today. Sorry for all the numbers. And in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, I'm out of time. Now, Podcast One brings you Spike's Car Radio. A downloadable Cars and Coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. Welcome to Spike's Car Radio. Spike Ferriston, manufacturing fake excitement, because I have a horrible cold. Phlegm. Here I are. And weirdly, Zuckerman, less phlegm, but I've rallied for you guys. I'm going to keep my distance. We've, so. we've driven... All the way out to uh, Malibu, we're inside at the Malibu kitchen with our friend Bill having a nice hot cup of coffee, and we're here with John Wilhoyt. John Wilhoyt, if you don't know him, runs uh, Wilhoyt Restoration. Is that what you call your place, John? Wilhoyt Auto Restoration. Wilhoit Auto Restoration is down in Long Beach. This guy is the real deal. This is the guy. This is one of our insider guys, right, Zuckerman? Absolutely. Even predating Zuckerman before he even had cars, uh, Jerry and I were using John Wilhoyt. Uh, it's hard to get a car in there because everybody wants to get a car in there. But once you get it in there and it comes out of there, it comes out perfect. It's one of the this is one of the only shops where you get a car delivered and the thing is perfect. It's done. It's not like these other Unless places. You're Zuckerman, Zuckerman and, and, always finds something. And John, yes. we've wanted to get get you down here for an awful long time. Um, I have a lot of uh, listener questions. There are a lot of folks that that wrote in questions. Um, but first, why don't we? Just kind of take a little, uh, a little historical trip through your, uh, you know, history. Where, where did you start doing this stuff? You grew up here in Southern California, I right? Grew up in Long Beach. Uh, rich kid. <laughs> were there rich kids At in the Long Beach? Side, no. <laughs> well, his dad had a Bentley. That's what he told my, me. Yeah, my dad had either a Rolls Royce or Bentley. Yeah. Well, right. It's always when you I don't was remember kid, which it was. It was? Uh, well, he had either or. Keep it right up to your. Oh, mouth I'm there. sorry. Yeah. Okay, he had either or. Uh, Rolls-Royce or Bentley, it, sometimes he had more than one. Did that right. stand out in Long Beach? It was sometimes <laughs> embarrassing. The, uh, it, it's really a funny story, not, not uh, Porsche-related, but my first car was an Alfa Veloce Spider, and it was in Lakewood, which is about three miles away, so I went over there with my dad. We drive up in a Rolls-Royce. <laughs> it's white with... Uh, it, it's or it's sand like a gold color with white sides. Right. So it's you know flashy. It's flashy, and my dad flashy just liked and classy because he liked the the quality of the car. Anyway, we pull up. I negotiate a deal with the guy five hundred dollars and a mini bike for this car. <laughs> so we get over there. I I, put, I ride my mini bike over the guy's house. We get there. And, what kind of mini said, bike was it? It was a, a monkey, uh, a Honda it, monkey, no, or something. It was a, or? a free holy. A frijole, kind of the cheaper version of the taco. <laughs> I never. What is that? What is the frijole mini bike? The frijole was a kit that you would assemble. No kidding. And, and you guy, put it together. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I painted it on the in, <laughs> wow. the in the backyard. I want a frijole, Zuckerman. Yeah, it was a frijole. No, my dad and I had to go. We went to the uh, army surplus store and got an engine. Aim it, aim it right at oh, you like that. That's a, how it works. To it's the perfect. army surplus store and got an engine for it. A frijole. And uh, 
I was a little irritated because all my buddies got Taco 22s and they had three Taco 22s. Yeah, this was the, the this was the mini bike back in the what? Back in the I, I have not heard of any of this stuff. Have you, Zuckerman? Um, you this guys are too young. You too. With talking to your watching the the, uh, the Partridge family and they were and, and Danny Partridge <laughs> and, and Keith were always getting burritos. I didn't know what those were, and now I don't know what a taco. That's or a right. Oh, I remember. No, that I, too. I mean this. You got to remember this was back in the '60s. So now it would. I mean, you know, they should revive this brand. I mean, are any of these names <laughs> copyrighted? No, the you couldn't do it. I mean, you couldn't do it today. They'd uh, they'd have you. It's, uh, the frijole is the bean, correct? Isn't yeah, that it's what? smaller than the taco. <laughs> he had taco and <laughs> anyway, you were saying you made no. This I trade. was saying that you know, I I had a we had to put mine together. My dad was always uh, always trying to pinch pennies, you know. And so everybody else got a taco twenty two. I had this frijole, but getting back to my story about the <laughs> Alpha, we drive up in the Rolls Royce and. You know, I'm 15 and a half. I didn't even think about how are we going to get this thing home because it had a bad clutch. So my dad pulls a chain out of the back of the Rolls Royce. And the guy, you know, that owned the Alpha and his buddy are just kind of standing there looking at us. And we hook the chain up and my dad says, okay, get in the car and just make sure you keep the brake on so we keep the chain tight. So <laughs> we, that's how we got the car home. And, man, I'll tell you. If, if a couple times I looked, you know, away and the chain got loose and man, it would just like pow, snap, you know. Frijole! That's what you But anyway, where do you take a detour into Porsches? Did your dad have Porsches? When or? I had this Alpha, I was, uh, I was an avid golfer when I was a kid. Right. And the golf course where my parents were members, the manager had a 57 coupe. And he was always bugging me to drive my Alpha. So. And what alpha did you have? Did I had the Veloci Spider. Oh, the Veloci 59 Veloci Spider. Yeah. Wow. Really a, a cool car. But anyway, uh, so he said, I want to drive your alpha. And I said, well, would you let me drive your Porsche? He said, oh, sure. <laughs> so he took my alpha out and slid it around corners and everything. He came back, and and I, I was like, man, this is going to be great, you know, and and I, I said, now I get to drive your car. And he's like, are you nuts? I'm not going <laughs> to let you drive my, out my Porsche. Oh, man. And I, so I convinced him to at least give me a ride. And I rode in that car and just the smell and the engine in the back and everything. Wow. And I was like, this is it. And that I, was I mean, it. That was what that convinced me I had to have a Porsche. Now, am I right that you taught yourself how to restore these things that you? Yeah. You had- know, I, I was, I've always been real handy, you know, building stuff and, and I have a, an obsession to detail so that's always helped but i uh, yeah i never i never learned it from anybody i just i mean i had a business degree from sc and my last year sc i i didn't i was looking for a summer job so i just bought a car that that somebody had and it, it had been in a wreck and i went over to ozzy brothers back then and i i bought a fender from them and and the guy next door to where my shop used to be uh, it wasn't my shop at the time, but he had a welder, uh-huh. and so he came over and we lined it up and helped me weld the fender on it. And and I remember I put that car in the newspaper, and back then, you know, it was the L.A. Times on Sunday was how you bought a car, and right. I, and I put the uh, put the car in the newspaper, and I thought, ah, oh, maybe you know I make a few hundred bucks. And my, I remember I went back down to to my little garage I had in Long Beach where I was working on cars and my dad called me and goes, you better get home. 
there's like five people coming to look at that car. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, and I made like back then I made like twelve hundred dollars on the wow. car. Wow. And that wow. was like crazy, you know. Yeah. My friends were working for like, you know, a dollar thirty five as a bartender or a waiter somewhere. Right. And so I was like, Wow, this is fantastic. So I just kept doing it when I was uh, in college. What and, year was uh, that? 19. Well, I graduated from college <clears throat> in 75. So, so that there was it like is. 74. So yeah. you're suddenly like, now I know what I'm going to do here. I'm going to well, buy these cars. Yeah. We've heard this. You know, we heard this almost the same story from um, from the Roof family. Right. From Mr. Roof. Yeah. Right. This accidental yeah. entry and restoration and suddenly the money and like, wait a minute, there's money here. <laughs> and it's amazing. There's still money there now. Right, right. Yeah. But look at so. What do you think you sold that first car for total? I remember I sold it for twenty two hundred dollars. Twenty two hundred, and I bought it. Most for of that was, and then I invested some some money look in how it. different wow. the, the scale is. Yeah. You've got from yeah twenty two hundred. So it was a three fifty six. I it was. A, I remember it was a pre A a fifty five with a sunroof. That wouldn't be an electric sunroof, right? No. It was the old, like, V. Goldie or whatever. <clears throat> yeah, the old Goldie sliding sunroof. And there's no better place in Southern California to learn these Porsches, right? Oh, I mean, man, there's they just were a, everywhere. Yeah. Who, who are you going to to kind of learn the trade? Are you? Did you know Vasek Polak and those guys? And, well, you know, when I, I got a, I eventually got a 4Cam, and so you had to go up to talk to Carl. Up at Vasek's place, and <coughs> who is that? Carl Thompson. Oh, okay. He right. was the he was the four cam guy at Vasek's, okay. and you'd go in there, and everything was normal. You know, it was like you you're going up to the counter to buy parts and stuff, and and you'd say, "Is Carl here?" And then they knew, like, uh, okay, you know, <laughs> and Carl would come out from the back and say, "Carl, I." Uh, can you ask all these other people to leave, you know, because we don't want anybody. To, it was like a big secret thing. And How Carl, to work on a four cam. Yeah. And I, Carl would say, oh, what part do you need? And I'd say, well, I need a, you know, just any, whatever the part was, you know, some kind of a gear or, or something. And he'd say, uh, what car do you have? I said, I told you it's a career too. And he'd say, well, what's the VIN number? And I, <laughs> like because guys would go in yeah, there and try to know. buy stuff, and right. he wanted to know if they had a car, right? Or if they were just coming in there to buy some part and then try to mark it up, right? But the parts, amazingly, were have gotten consistently easier to find. Back then, it was it was ridiculous. <clears throat> Why is that engine so much harder to work on the four cam? Because I, as I used to hear. And maybe it's, maybe it's wrong that there aren't that many guys in the world who can work on these engines and get them right. That you they're know, like these uh, very complicated like watch. watch movements. Right. I'll tell you what it is. It, it really isn't that there aren't that many guys that can work on them. Right. It's, there aren't that many guys that will that, work on I them or want to work on them. Why? The biggest problem was always that parts weren't available. Okay. Uh, they are complicated because you have to set all the gear lash. And when Porsche went to the 911, they created an arbor where it was really easy to adjust cam timing. Mm -hmm. And on a Carrera, you have to measure the cam timing, and then you have to change the the gears so that you adjust the cam timing with the gears. So you have to take the whole assembly apart, basically, reposition the gears, make sure everything's shimmed right, put it back together, and measure it again. 
to see if you got it right. So it's very time-consuming. Wow. To and, w- and why is that motor so cherished by the Porsche elites? It wasn't, though, you told me. No, right? but now. But yeah. I'm saying now. Yeah, what, what, why do we love these things so much? Just because it's, it just is really cool. <laughs> I mean, it's just... It's, it's only like, cool? There's no oh, other advantage? Well, wait a minute. But I'll give you an example. You know, when watches were made, they were really complicated. Right. And Seiko came out with the, you know, with the... Uh, quartz. Quartz movement. Yep. And everybody thought, oh, these are great, man. They keep perfect time, blah, blah, blah. Seiko eventually went back to making their old standard type watches because people liked the complexity of the watch. Yeah, so, and that's right. the same thing with with the four cams. The fact that there aren't that many, and that they have such a cool sound, and that they're so complicated and time consuming to work on. So what you're essentially saying is anything that's not a four cam is a Seiko quartz movement. <laughs> nah, nah, <not laughs> that's really. the comparison you just no, made. No, a bunch of three fifty six guys just went. Oh my god, I'm driving a Seiko. Seiko. No, no, no. I'm Wait, driving a Seiko quartz. No. If you're driving a Tesla, that's a Seiko. <clears throat> That's a Seiko. All right. (laughs) We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with more Spikes Car Radio. We're back, everybody. We're here at the uh, Malibu Kitchen. We're with John Wilhoyt from Wilhoyt Restoration with Zuckerman. It's it's the day before Christmas for you listening. It's the day after Christmas uh, or whatever you... uh, Sort of what do you celebrate, Zuckerman? Are you a, are you a Christmas? Are you a Kwanzaa? Are you a... I'm a Chaza, so I do. I do <laughs> what is Han- a Chaza? That's a pagan Yiddish. I do Hanukkah and I do Christmas uh-huh. and New Year's and Easter, whatever. I, I don't. You don't strike I'm, me as a religious person. Have you ever I'm, even been in a synagogue? Oh my God! I used to go to Sunday school, and I I remember <clears> clearly <throat> listening to the insane stories of Abraham being spoken to by God, telling him to sacrifice his child. <laughs> And burning bushes, and the rabbi right. had the rabbi had. I meant recently, not as a child. <laughs> no. I didn't mean. I meant as a fifty-year-old man. No, only at a funeral. So <clears> right. besides, <laughs> there you go. Besides funerals, the answer is no. Will Hoy, tell me something. You told me there was a period that no one gave a shit about four cams. That they would get rid of the engines. They yeah, put, what yeah. what they did, and this was a you know for some of the guys for Vasek Polak, it was a, it was a great idea because. You would, they'd sell a car, and somebody would come in with a problem, and you know you think about it, the Carrera was already about twenty five or thirty percent more than the regular car, so somebody bought this really cool Carrera. They got in there, and uh, it was great. And the, after about five thousand miles, they had some kind of issue, and so they brought it into the dealer. And the dealer gave them the bill to repair it. And they were like, what? You're, that's crazy. I can't pay that much. And so what Vasek did was he said, look, we'll take your 4-cam engine out. We'll put a brand new pushrod engine in. And we'll only charge you, you know, what was something that was a lot less than, than, than the repair bill. And so Vasek ended up with a room full of four cams I, like I remember that yeah I you know I think about uh, occasionally I think about like if I ever had a time machine what would I go back and do and I would go back do you remember that moment after he died and there was that big mm-hmm. sale and they yeah. just opened up the warehouse there's yeah. like 917 in there all of these four cam engines I remember talking to Jerry about it and he was going should we go down there and we're like well we're kind of busy can, <laughs> stuff was so cheap there were so many beautiful oh, yeah. cars did you yeah. buy anything in that sale I did what did I you did. Get, what was first of all just, what was there? 
When you went down there and you looked around, well, what was there? Uh, it wasn't. I, I didn't. There weren't any four cam parts that uh, when I went there because because we're buying license kind of, plate frames was for like around. two grand a piece yeah. at this point. What well, was I, in the shop? Know, that here's a weird thing that I I wasn't really thinking mm-hmm. straight, but I went down there and they had a whole bunch of brand new gears. And they had a whole, I mean, a box full of brand new second gears for 741. Wow. The second gear is the one that wears out the most. Yeah. And at the time, I thought, who, who needs a second gear? I mean, <laughs> why would I, you know. And, and I mean, I think crazy? they wanted like 50 bucks for him. Oh, like, I know. This what is... was I thinking? I, I, I remember he had a stack of aluminum door skins for 911s. Oh. And back in the day, you could take like they'd sell you an aluminum door yeah, skin no to way. just you just glue it onto the steel yeah, frame. Yeah, and he had a stack of them, and I I don't know what I was thinking. I thought well, these would be fun to hang on the wall, you know. And so I bought a, <laughs> I bought a pair of them, and I thought, oh, what else? Now was, I think back. I remember I, I bought. There were I, not. Wasn't there not two nine seventeen engines down there just well, sitting on pallets? They had stuff like that, but you know what? That wasn't really. They weren't blowing that stuff out because. That it was already people knew you know stuff yeah. like that. What it was, I mean, probably would have been cheap. But it was only the inside guys. I mean, it was. Yeah. I know it was Sam Cabiglio that called Jerry, and Jerry mm-hmm. called me, and, it's, and you know we we even Jerry and I couldn't quite wrap our heads around what this stuff was. Quite you know right. at the time, right. and parts were still kind mm-hmm. of around. You could find stuff on eBay. It wasn't such a big deal. But it, it there was this feeling that this thing isn't going to go any further than than it was at at that moment, and uh, yeah, eh, maybe I, I don't need another. 917 engine for a couple thousand bucks you know no i yeah i mean we look back at what i mean one of the things that was really stupid that i i thought <laughs> I, I didn't take advantage of was he had all these little pin holders that said right vasic pollock and it yeah. was a little pin holder yeah and they, they had boxes of them yeah, and I thought, uh, what the hell do I need those for? You, you know? do. Yeah, I mean, I'm not Basic Pollock. I don't, you know. Yep. Well, now, you know, <laughs> you set up a probably table. sell for like 500 You go every piece. February, you show up at the Lit Show and sell <laughs> yeah, 10 more, more, and then you don't work yeah. for a year. All right, right. Here we go. Here's some questions. Uh, Blue Corelli. Well, this is, they're all, this, I'm not going to start off with your question. All right, I will. Okay. Where does where does John see the three fifty six market going in the next five to ten years? Well, for Blue Corelli, nobody knows what's going to happen in the next five to ten years. Whether we're even going to be here, Let, let's move on to a second question. Should the three fifty six be a consideration for a new Porsche collector, and why or why not? I like that question. What do you think about starting off in Porsche with your first car being a three fifty six, and what would you recommend? Well, I mean that's what I did. <laughs> right, but, but that was a long yeah, time yeah. ago, John. Yeah, uh, you're, you're yeah. 96. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My first one cost 950 dollars. So, uh, you know, the thing about a 356 is it's 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 a very simple car, except for as we mentioned the Carreras, and they're I mean they are a fun car to drive. They're not a fun car to drive 140. If you could get one up that fast, but right. they're they are a fun car on mountain roads and everything. They're relatively inexpensive to repair if something goes wrong, 
uh, don't tell Zuckerman, I said. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> not but according the, uh, to your bills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. No, but it, but you're right. All, but there's, there's a yeah. sensation of speed. No, you it feel is. like you're going 140 and you're doing 70. Exactly. There are for a guy like me who doesn't wrench much. I can learn on my car and my speedster. I'm right. able to actually right. fix some simple stuff right. without getting right. into the engine. Go ahead. Well, here's something about the the 356. I I've been into this for going on 45 years. They have always gone up in value. Right. There's, there haven't been any like crazy jumps and peaks, and then they went mm-hmm. down. You know, thirty percent. That's never happened to the three fifty six. They just have kept slowly. Well, there you go. Going up in value, and they've been a good investment. And Will Hoyt is this market is already whipsucker, but he's right. If you think about it, I've had my car for for twenty years, and it, it goes up and then it drops down a little, but then it continues. It's it doesn't yeah. have that and, Ferrari drop. And what people have no. to understand: a, it's got vintage charm, but b, it has usability. You yeah. can use that car. You if you got into. A, a 1960 Cadillac. You'd be driving a bucket of bolts. <laughs> it would it would kill you. It would wear no. you out. And, the and it wouldn't be safe at all. And, it would, and the 356. Yeah. You say, my God, this is so far ahead of its time. It's still mm. a valid car to drive around <clears throat> today. You yeah. could, yeah, in no, theory, we, in California, use it. Here, as a daily here's another driver. question. I like this question a lot because it's uh, it goes to the insanity of of the car guy and the frustration. And I actually don't know the answer to this. Maybe you do. This is from Jim Wiggy. Uh, my dad had a 58 356A in Amsterdam and a 60 356B, which he brought to the U.S., but let them get away before I was born. I have the engine and chassis numbers of those cars. How would you go? <laughs> He's shaking his head. But we hear this a lot. And I've even done this myself. I've been looking for the original engine for my Speedster. How do you find these cars if you have engine numbers, chassis numbers, or VIN numbers? What's the best resource? Do you have one? Well, if you have a Ouija board, you know, you, <laughs> no, <coughs> just start on, googling, on, right? Honestly, yeah. I mean, now is the easiest. I mean, it's be- easier now than it would ever be, just because of the internet. And everything. Right, right. But you know, that's really a long shot. I mean, they made a lot of cars, and there's no database where you can look up engines and match them to cars i mean you can get that information when you're inspecting a car how do you find out if it's a matching number engine you have to get the information from porsche yeah and how do you do that who are you calling the factory in germany or are you calling the dealers you can't do that anymore uh now you have to get a certificate of authenticity so you have to wait for that to come in yeah i mean able to call the factory in the old days hello in the old no seriously in the old days you could call or you could send them a fax back when faxes started yeah yeah before that it would be a telefax and you'd write to them and they'd write you back oh that's great give you all the information they would do it you know, in in the letter form too. Before faxes came around, they you could write them a letter and they write you back. And now they don't want to do it anymore. Well, they want to do it. They want to charge you. You know, you have to be careful <clears throat> because I uh, I have a standing search that I put on a bunch of sites and on eBay Motors for my engine, and I was contacted by the Reverend the Reverend Peevler, <laughs> who claimed to have my engine in North Carolina. And uh, just Google my name, Spike Ferriston, Reverend Peevler, and Jalopnik, and you can read uh, the the little saga that ensued after I realized the guy did not have my engine and was just trying to extort <laughs> me and uh, our back and forth that went on for many months. Um, 
But that, you know, eBay is a pretty good resource to find pieces of your engines and cars. And then Googling. And the registries. Googling every year. I mean, I had a 993 C2S that was stolen, and then I sold it to James Spader. It was stolen again, and he and I both want that car back. It's disappeared. But every every couple of years, I'll do a little. I'll take an hour and try to find it on the internet. It's amazing to think back in the nineties how how many of those cars were stolen. Yeah, yeah, that car was a one of one dark blue, I believe. That uh, Doctor Vitakind he wrote me a nice little letter and. Yeah, I shouldn't have sold that. That was a mistake. Given the price of 60s, 911s, even 912s, R356 is the new bargain. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, seems that the generation that listed after them in the day are moving on, to, and the newer generation prefer cars with more power and air conditioning. I don't think so. Let's skip that question. What's the most hours that you have put into a single restoration? Ooh, I love wow. that. That comes from Cup <laughs> Classics oh, tell in you. New Zealand. Well, we're not done with Zuckerman's car yet, so. Well, what if, I, mean, <laughs> I love when he says to me, I didn't know it would take this long. Well, wait, if you don't car, know how which, long it's going to take. Now, when you say Zuckerman's car, nobody knows what we're talking about oh, here. Are we yeah, talking about the 58 yeah. Speedster that yeah. he crashed? Did yeah. I didn't, yes, that I crashed. Yeah, in the theory, you crashed speedster. it. In theory. That's like, in theory, he's related <laughs> yeah. to the other yeah. Well, that is, And there were a lot of listener questions about it. Everybody does want an update on the car and, well, and, and, and to know where we're at. So why don't you give us an update on where the car's at? Okay. Um... Zuckerman's car, the the damage was not bad. It wasn't nearly as bad as it looked. We saved all the original metal, worked it back into shape. It, it looks the car looks fantastic now. The in doing the the repairs, we we kept taking it one step further, and we found some. Like previous repairs, I don't know when the car was restored. Maybe Pino did that car in the nineties, and I think the yeah. I think Pino, the you, paint artist. Yeah, and you it's think great. And you, and you see that I think the quality of restorations was not what you it's would. It's not the same because there's a lot of a lot of things under the car that we found, like rusted areas and stuff. That when we took the undercoat off, originally we weren't going to take the undercoat off, and then you know as you dig deeper into it, uh, because you. You gave me the directive. You want the car to be perfect. I said full Will Hoyt. Yes. Now, when you, when, now, when, when Pino, Is that like full Monty Zuckerman? Yeah, when Pino did this car, say, 20 years ago, were you doing Pino quality restorations? Has there been an evolution across the board of the way things are done? I, we, I, no, we were doing, I mean, I was doing really nice stuff. I mean, I, you can look at, like, the, the Carrera 2 that Leno has, and it's not been... Re- Re-restored. It looks just like it did when we did it. When did you do that I car? I did that car back in 76. <clears throat> that car was on Leno's Garage. If you guys yeah. want to check it out, you can... You can restoration. That car's on it. Leno's Garage if you want to check it out, and you can check it out on YouTube and watch that video. I watched it last night. It's fantastic, and it really you know highlights your work and, and how well you do. And That's Leno's personal car. It's his personal car, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I went with him to look at it, and he, you know, he asked me, should I buy it? I said, well... If you don't buy it, I'd like to buy it. You, you know, know what so. struck me about the video? He had a cold when he was shooting it. <laughs> he sounds like me today, Zuckerman. Well. If you play it, he sounds exactly like me. Well, wait. Now, did we answer the question, what is the longest and most amount of hours you put into a car? You know, I think we've had uh, a couple of cars that we've spent close to 5,000 hours. Holy shit. Wow. Yeah. At those shop rates? <laughs> what? 
Why bother committing fraud? He goes well, right to the money. <laughs> now, wait a minute. But what condition did this car come to you? Was it just what a was rusted it? bucket of yeah. nothing? Or? Well, the car I'm thinking was a, a car that we did for a good customer of mine, and it was a it was a 58 coupe, and it had one of the first electric sunroofs. And, and it was an outlaw. And I don't typically build outlaws i mean now an outlaw is any car that has some trick wheels on it right right and and this was a real outlaw we widened the rear of the body so we could put seven inch wheels on it but we had to replace almost every inch of the body on this car i mean it was it just turned out to be way worse than we thought so the body work ended up plus having to make new fenders and everything the bodywork was probably a hundred and a half or something, you know. So the, wow. the bodywork was a lot of it, and then, and then when you start adding in, you know, it was a there was a bunch of other just really <clears> trick. <throat> Does the owner details. still have the car? He actually sold it, and I think it's in Germany now. <laughs> wow, and, that uh, is wild. Yeah, I've never heard from the guy that bought it, <laughs> or but, you heard uh, from the client again. Yeah, but it was, uh, you know, his comment. It was in excellence one time, and his comment was. I didn't have a budget, and we still went over it. <laughs> All right. Someone really wants to geek out here on parts. Uh, Scott Bartmess. Nobody uses that. Why doesn't anybody use your real name? It's not hard. You don't have to make up a clever name. And it would help you in this moment, because then I would say your name. And you would go, oh, that's me. Anyway, John, um, who do you recommend for steering box rebuilds? That's a really good question. And, and do you think Porsche Classic will make these items part of their catalog someday? Uh, well, to answer the first part, the best thing you can do right now is to take apart the steering box and see what you have. Right. The bearings are available. If the bearings have worn out and and kind of dug into the actual race, that the the race was cast into <clears throat> the housing. So mm-hmm. in order to replace the complete bearing, sorry. Or the, to complete to replace the complete bearing, you have to cut the old races out and fit complete bearings in it. That's possible to do. The like the worm gear, those you can kind of get by with. You can buy the pin and the bearings to replace the pin. That's the part that rotates on the worm. Well, this fella may and, not and, be able to do that work. I well, mean, then what you need to do is. Uh, call Zims because <laughs> Zims <laughs> is, is Zims Auto Technic. They're they've been rebuilding and they're here steering boxes. Yeah, no, they're in Texas. They're in Texas. So what and, you do is you pull it and you ship it off to them. Yeah, you can send them to them and they'll do them. And and what they do is they have a collection of steering boxes and they'll oh, great. take good parts and put them <clears throat> together and try to make a box. You know, works. years ago, uh, I was talking to a mutual friend of ours who was telling me. Always make sure your steering box is is uh, safe, because when it goes, it goes, and it's a very dangerous situation. Is it? It just you know the wheels will just suddenly turn and you'll flip it. Is that mm. true I've in any way? Never heard of that. Do you <laughs> remember hearing that? that? No, I don't remember. No, it, it wouldn't. So it, it wouldn't go. It wouldn't go fast. It anything with okay. the steering box would be like. It would Slow. progressively get harder. So and harder you have to play steer. in the steering wheel. Yeah, and no, you'd, got you'd it. no way. Thank of God. And Every to get time back I get to up the, my car, the over second part I... of that last question, if Porsche would ever, I, it would be great if they would build <clears> the rebuild kits. Yeah, because ZF used to offer a rebuild kit, and if Porsche Classic would step up and do that, 
It'd well, be you great. Know, their interest is selling new cars, not really old cars. I but know. They're, they're, I a, agree. I, they're missing out on a lot of cash. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Spikes Car Radio. 60 seconds. That's exactly how long this commercial lasts. You know what else you can do in about a minute? Get an offer with your car from True Car. That's right. In the amount of time it takes to floss your teeth, pet your dog, do a few sit-ups, just listen to my voice, you can get a True Cash offer. Best of all, you can do it from your smartphone or at home. Just go to True Car and simply enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details pop up. Answer a few questions and you'll get an accurate True Cash offer from local True Car certified dealer. It's that easy. After that, you can bring Bring your car in and they'll check it out with you together, the two of you. You can even hug if you want. You can ask questions, get the answers you need so there's no surprises, and simply leave your check or trade in your car for a new ride. So when you're ready to experience a new, better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. All right, we're back. Spike's Car Radio. Um, I'm reading here in Classic Driver. That uh, your ultimate dream car would be a 59 365 GT Speedster. 356, you mean? Yes. I know. They wrote 365. Okay. Well, <laughs> That's that, what I'm yeah, saying. So I'm reading I don't it. know. Is that <laughs> why, why would Classic Driver write a 365 <laughs> yeah. GT Speedster? But yes, it's yeah. the 356 Speedster. You, you owned one at one point. No, the, you, uh, Career GT. Yeah. yeah. They made 20-some-odd 20, 20 yeah, in 59. Uh, did you have one? I did. I did. And I'm so. And there were twenty of these I, made. They made them. I think they made forty nine or fifty of them at the end. Really, of, right at the end, and they were all uh, GTS. Wow. What do you think of those cars? It's it's <laughs> it's a bitching car. I'm going to build one because I, I there's no way I'm going to. Well, that's what it what says right here. Right your plan is to build an exact oh, yeah. replica with a 904 engine. I'm, that I have. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm, <laughs> I'm that, ready right now to do it. I mean. Uh, <laughs> If I can just get Zuckerman's car done, then I'll have some time. So a nine oh four engine? <laughs> wow. Yeah. How do those things run? You know, they honestly they're they're nice. I mean it's a nice engine. It's uh got some torque. But yeah, they have good torque. Not like the like the two point twos that we build now. But they're a high revving motor. They had different camshafts in them. You have to have the street cams because if you run the like the the three dot cams that they ran in those, it, it, the car didn't even start until five grand. You couldn't drive it on the street hardly. But um, yeah, and a, the GT Speedster had aluminum panels, aluminum deck lid, aluminum hood. It had all the lightweight stuff. Um, I had one that I I mean I'd always wanted one. I I shouldn't even tell you. I bought it for. I bought it for three twenty-five, and a year later, I was building a new building down at my shop, and somebody offered me four fifty for it. And I, I, at the time, needed some money right. to fund the building, and I thought, ah, oh, whatever, I'll sell it. You know, uh, now two million. I, I saw the yeah. same car in Ger- my car in Germany, and the guy was asking uh, like two and a half million. Yeah, oh, that's God. about right. Uh, yeah, and and the. The crazy thing, talking about finding your original engine. Yeah. I went up to Stan Gold's to look at a car that was for sale that that was a GT Speedster. And I remember my engine in that car, which I didn't have. I had I had an engine, but I didn't have the original one. And I remembered it because it was 007 were the last three digits. 
And I went up there to inspect the GT Speedster at Stan Gold's, and I look in the engine compartment, and it's my engine from the car that I had. Oh, my God. That I had sold to a guy in Germany. And I called him, and I said, hey, I don't know how we could make this deal happen, but I found the original engine. No kidding. And he said, I don't really care about that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, what? (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) Speaking of 007, people are asking for an update on the Zagato Speedster. Um, I mean, the Zagato Coupe that we have coming. It's beautiful. And, and Ben Clymer's car. Uh, our Zagato is 007, by the way. It is the 007 car. The ETA on our car is early February. It's almost done. They've, we've been getting pictures from Milan. It's beautiful. They're about to attach. It's not Early February eyes, of 2020? What's that? 2020 or 2019? No, no, no. We're almost done. I'm You've going 2020. You and I have to go and drive it. I think we should make, uh, you should, in your head... Save the date, some second week of February. Let's go to Milan and uh, drive this thing and sort it. We'll have fun. Why not? We'll, we'll stay in an Italian hotel. And we'll do that, and then we will we will get it when it finally comes. I'm sure it'll end up at John's shop for some fettling. Yeah, we'll fettle as much as we can there, and then we'll send it down to John. Climber's car has to be delivered by this point, because I know that the only one that they're in their building right now is ours. We were the last, and here was our thinking, and it was really Jerry's idea that even if we're not going to get the last number, which was car number nine, we want to be the last build so they can learn on the first eight cars <laughs> and yeah. then have our car. They've made all their mistakes by then, right? That was the thinking. That's, and do you think that's true, John? They get better as they make them? Uh, yeah, you get better? want to get them out of the shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That that's true. Too. But the car is beautiful, and we could not be more excited. Uh, Scott Bartmess. Did we already talk to yes. Yeah, we did. We did, Scott. Um the Speedster repair we did. I recently acquired, this is from Endo 911RS. Must have endometrius or endometriosis. <laughs> endometriosis. <laughs> I recently acquired a coupe with a 911 motor and transmission, converting it. Now, what is he saying? A 356 Yeah, he scope. doesn't say that, but it must be a 356. Converting it back is cost prohibitive and a big part of the car's history. I want to continue with the theme but handle the execution better. Does Will Hoyt have any tips to move the drivetrain forward as Oof. much as possible? Any experience with lengthening the wheelbase for better weight balance? You wow. know, I think that is a car you need to take over to Rod Emery. <laughs> right. <laughs> Or call him. <clears throat> I would you ever lengthen the wheelbase of a three fifty six? No, no. But you've, no, have you put a nine eleven engine in a three fifty six? You've no. done other things. You buy like a nine fuel injection, right? We've done fuel injection. I I have a real thing that I think a, the car should stay a three fifty six. Right. Me too. So I mean, if you want the experience of you know the the nine eleven rear suspension and buy a nine eleven. Right. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not now let, dissing the guys. Let's that do just that, back but. up because you know a lot of folks. We all know who you are. A lot of folks, you know, will not. This will be the first time they're hearing about you. You make a very special 356 engine, right? You've had se- several generations of them. <clears throat> I tell, have. Tell you, our cause, and I have one. You do yeah. in my Speedster. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is incredible. I think I have 150 horsepower now in a 58 mm. Speedster. I sent the car down to you, and we kept everything else stock. It still yeah. feels like an old 356 Speedster, sure. but, man, does this thing blast off. Tell what, What's the engine you offer now at your shop? The one we're doing right now is a, I call it a 2.2 liter. It's actually a 2185. What I do, and I, this is when I started doing these bigger engines, this has been about a dozen years or more, 
Uh, I I have a special crank built, special rods built, special pistons, cylinders. We have our own valve kit for the heads, and all the porting has all been figured out. Everything has been dialed in, so this we can build these engines, and it's a really reliable. Like it's got power where you drive. Yeah, it, it's not like you got to rev the thing to seventy five no. RPM. And you can putt around town, and that's probably the way your engine. I'm is. in love with this yeah. car now. I am in love with so this engine. So it's like taking and your engine have, and adding more torque. And don't I have power. a generation back? The, Yours the, was a 1925 cc, I think. Right, right, exactly. Which was, uh, yeah, those made about 145 around that. You know, yeah, and but not quite as much torque as the. The new engine makes 160 and 160. Oh my god, that's insane! But 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 I'm probably I think because I never had the stock motor in there. I think I had a, a motor from 1960, if I recall. Mm. You know, so I'm probably making what 68 horsepower, 75 horsepower. <laughs> so the, yeah, the jump if, was if you're lucky, incredible. Yeah. And I remember the first thing I asked you, I said, "Just make sure the brakes work <laughs> because yeah. I want yeah. them. I don't want to switch. I don't want to do disc brakes. I want the drum brakes." But I know I'm going to be anticipating stop. Just make sure they stop straight. Well, I remember and there were a few. We did a few. I mean, we made sure everything was in good shape. Oh, my God. And car. I jam in this issue. car. I love it. And, and Zuckerman can attest. I have no problem keeping taking up. it out on drives, keeping up with anything mm-hmm. that he or Jerry are in. Modern. This thing just yeah. blasts. Yeah. It was Boy. the same engine in the Stone Gray Speedster, I believe. That had a 1920. Uh, that was the next generation. That was a 2002 cc engine. Ah, uh, that had gobs of torque. Yeah. If you if you yeah. you could come from a stoplight in second, no problem. Oh yeah, no yeah, no yeah, engine yeah. pulled, no engine. Yeah, you know, I want in this speedster. Leg. It's it's you're, it's like you're in a go kart. Now, the, now yeah. these motors. If someone has a 356 out there and wants to buy one, you just do you have just pallets of these things laying around. You can call you up and just <laughs> yeah. put one in. How does it sure. work? We no. you, ju- you just ship them off. <laughs> no, we're I'm. You- right now, I'm I'm out of crankshafts. This I've never advertised these engines, but they just went crazy. Of once, course, once once some people, you know, once it got around with the internet and everything, right? And right now, I'm I have one crank left, and then no more crankshafts until April. Wow! And you know, I'm stuck going. How to- do we get more cranks? Well, <laughs> the problem is the jump is. You talk to somebody and you want to make 20 cranks, and they're like, wow, that's a lot of cranks. The next guy, you go to a real big crank manufacturer and you say, I'd like to make 40 cranks. And they're like, 40,000? <laughs> it's not you know, enough cranks. Yeah, no, they, they don't. They Zuckerman, don't we, should, we should build 40,000 cranks we and make 40,000 motors and start I'd selling buy them motors. from you guys, yeah. Yeah. I would this is your opportunity, you. Zuckerman. To get into Forget the about industry. last week and Tommy Kendall and, and gambling on NASCAR. <laughs> right. This is a yeah. legitimate business. We build 40,000 Wilhoit motors and we spread them around the world. That's Think about too many. That. Think of That's the, too many. Well, maybe you could use them for like industrial generators <laughs> right. and stuff like that. They could be everywhere. What potential? <laughs> this is. I love this question. And I've... Uh, I've had a lot of people talk about it privately, but no one really likes to comment on it publicly. But we're going to throw it out to you anyways. What potential client characteristic would make John Wilhite say no thanks to the business? <laughs> is there well, he's going to make fun of me I'm again. working for Zuckerman. <laughs> Zuckerman is a very <laughs> no, reasonable a, guy. Uh, Paul is a fantastic He is, customer. and he's, he is. he's like me. We like to be tapped on the shoulder and get a... We're not sitting waiting for restorations. We're like, call no, us no. when you're ready. No, it's great. But, 
I'll tell you what. What customer don't you like to work with? Well, let me just tell you first. My R in my shop, because I have a good group of guys, very devoted. My shop manager, Chris Mayring, and parts manager, Mike Johnson. Those Without those guys, I couldn't do it. And the other guys as well. But um, the dream customer for us is a customer who wants to be involved. You right. know, they like to look at the pictures. <clears throat> they call and want to know how the car is doing. You know, I can interact with that. I mean, it, it seems weird, but my guys will say, hey, what did Zuckerman think of that? And oh, wow. Right. Got it, you know? <laughs> they take pride. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm that's serious. great. They, that's great. All of us, it, you'd be really surprised how emotional it is for us. Like, yeah. when, when we get done with the car, we want to know, we want to know that the customer likes it and it's, it's like we're giving birth, but the worst customer, and I've had a few of these guys, are guys that um, they don't, they aren't involved. They'll have their guy, you know, contact me, oh, and I've done some jobs like shot. that for guys that I never met them. I've I've never met them in person, and you never hear again, and, and I never hear anything after that. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not. Saying, I mean, the work's the work. I love to have work, but <clears throat> but feedback's important. But it is, it is. I mean, yeah. I'm, you know, this is. I do this because I love to do it. You know, I mean, if I didn't need to make a living, I'd still be doing it. Today, Mark, I drove up the '83 SC, and it blow. I still oh, can't. Did. I still. We, we called you from mm-hmm. one of the shows a few shows back <clears throat> to ask you if this if this was how they made the cars or this is your magic, and I can't believe and this car has. Will Hoyt magic. Yeah, yeah. It is so good. The 83, you know, after I talked to you, I forgot about this completely, but the 83 was a different engine than the 82 and earlier. In 83, what Porsche did was they raised the compression ratio and they went to premium fuel. That was a big step in 1983 for them. But the cars made like another 27 horsepower or something. It was a big wow. jump. That and so they so they well. have better throttle response than the earlier SCs, but there may still be an element of well, it's magic just so in there. well put together. There's no squeaks. There's yeah. even for a convertible, you think you'd have body flex. I think really handles. No, nah, it's I, a good car. It's it, and it's got over a hundred thousand miles on it. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? You know, for a regular three fifty six, what's your favorite three fifty six? That's probably you know again the entry point for someone. What what are we looking at? I always I like this. I it's for me it's somewhere in the mid sixty like early mm-hmm. six like a sixty four sixty three. What a B right? A, a, well, some people like B's. Jerry is yeah. a fan of B's. I'm just yeah, saying, just for the fun. guy who's just starting out, what's the best all around three fifty six to start on? I mean, it sounds stupid, but the best one is the you know the last version they made the C. Yeah, you know the brakes are. You just kind of forget about them. When they run right, they're good. Um, the 65s. Yeah, 64 or 5 car. Mm-hmm. Um, some people just don't understand, like with drum brakes, you kind of have to constantly monitor the brakes, make sure they get adjusted whenever you yep. change the oil and I'm not stuff doing like that. that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of people. <laughs> I haven't touched those brakes since yeah, you delivered well, that car, John. Yeah, Oops. well, I may, yeah, may be repairing your car soon. <laughs> I have an interesting little stop. thing. I wanted, I wanted, you know, I wasn't feeling well, so I didn't drive the car today. But it, for, I'm getting an interesting little dinging sound. Something's loose in there when I'm rolling slowly and the, and the transmission's engaged. It's ding, 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 ding. 
It's a little, little, a little loose screw. Little yeah, dingy. Like sounds like a loose dingy. screw. Yeah, it's a little loose screw. So wait, when you're driving at a low speed. Yeah, yeah. As it's and it's it's interesting. It's not when it's idling. It's it, when I put the car in first gear and then maybe roll five, eight miles an hour that I can hear it. I'm sure it's there the whole time I'm driving, but there's just a little bit of a ding. I mean, it may be something in the transmission. Yeah. Sometimes the, the, the gears kind of, you know, rattle. It sounds like it's on the outside of the car somewhere. I, you know me. I'm Could just going to drive brakes. it till it stops, and then I'll send yeah. it down to your shop. You've gotten so much use out of that car. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. 20 years of you, Suckerman, in Hollywood, out of Hollywood, different paint, different bumpers, different engines. I love that thing. That's, um, that's the best thing. Yeah. I mean, that's the best thing. Yeah. Mark uh, Pribenik. Today, gentlemen, Saturday is the 356th day of the year. 356. That's funny. Hope everyone yeah. gets out for a spin in there. 356. Isn't that great? Now I'm going to have to drive mine. With that being said, what did you all drive to the podcast? We just covered that. Hopefully, Will Hoyt drove that green patina monster he brought to Luft 5. What is he talking about? Uh, what car is he talking you about? You sold that. No, no, no. I still have it. I have a 58 Speedster. It's, I call it Torino Green. It's, uh, it's an old, old you know, 60s paint job. It's got a lot of patina, but it... it it probably would have made it up here, but I, you know, I don't know if I'd be as much fun on the talk. <laughs> what did you drive up here? I drove. <laughs> I'm a terrible club uh, member. I drove my Tahoe. Yeah, <laughs> but my wife's got me on a Christmas. Uh, you know, Aaron, she ruined I it. Up, I can't I think of a, a, of a better car for you than that Tahoe. You look like you'd be, you know, behind the bar of a western that the Cohen Brothers directed. <laughs> the dogs, yeah, right. It looks like the dude. Right. I'm right. in my Tahoe. The He's dude. He's the dude. <laughs> he is. Well, look, we really appreciate you driving before up we here. Get off oh, Zuckerman, before, please, we please. Have what do you got? Stop. What do you we got? have to end with the arc that. I think, is it true, Porsche Classic is now sending their guys to you You're exactly to figure right. out what, how to fix these cars? Is that how Did it's Did that gone? happen? Is that true? No. It, actually, the, the two of the guys, uh, Alex Fobig and the other guy is uh, Uwe Makritsky. They you made that up? No. <laughs> yeah, those are made-up names. No, those, those are the two main guys at Porsche Classic. They actually came to my shop. Interestingly enough, I was in Germany when they came to my shop. Uh. So my parts guy, Mike, showed him around. And I talked to him after they were here. And, he, and Alex said, uh, wow, I'm glad we don't have to compete with you guys. <laughs> wow. And I said, well, that makes me feel good. What but, a nice uh, compliment. But they, yeah, I, we, you know, I hear from them a lot. The, one of the things that Alex af- asked me after he was in charge for about a year, he said... How long does it take you guys to restore a car? And I said, eh, you know, a couple of years. And he said, oh, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> because that's the biggest problem we have is people expect that we can do the cars in like yeah. six months. And I said, no, no, you can tell them <laughs> that I said it takes a couple of years. What's the when you're restoring a car and let's say it's a mess, you know, what what's the one part of it that takes the longest Metal work. The metal work. Yeah. It's always the metal work. Always the Do metal you really, work. You told me once that when, also after the metal work, when you're getting the car ready to paint, you're looking at, you're looking at the car with a magnifying glass. Were you exaggerating? When we prep, when my guys prep the body, 
literally, I mean, they have their glasses on and they're using like little burnish wheels and we go over every square inch of the body to make sure it's clean. Wow. Everything gets spot blasted so that when the primer goes on there, it's perfectly clean metal because that's, that's what you see. That's what you have to do. That's what's going to make it last. You don't want primer to not stick. That's the problem. Biggest problem. Wow. There you go. And, of course, he is not related to the alleged <coughs> thief, Will Hoyt. We have to end no. with that. There is another no. Will Hoyt out there. If Zuckerman, you Google, your memory is perfect if, this morning, and mine is clouded. You're but right. If, we, if you Google Will things. Hoyt, there yeah, is, he is not the alleged thief. What you thief. just dropped on the table is there is a dealer uh, who sells 993s in Ohio, Will Hoyt Enterprises. I've been a fan of this dealership forever. He had good he's cars. Had beautiful cars. He Somehow he's, he's in a little bit of trouble. And I've always, in the very beginning of my Porsche life, I always confused the two of you guys. Well, it's not a common name. Yeah. It's not a no, common name, no, and yet, but that you're two very different people who aren't well, related. Well, there was a time that, mm. that John over here would tell me that was his relative. Now, that, yeah, now, now he says he never not. said that. He said we were, we were distant cousins, but now and, it's and, and, now, and, that, no. and that Will Hoyt, uh, I is guess, allegedly. Gets, <laughs> is allegedly in trouble with some banking and some multiple Frauds, titles. And I have cars. kind of a tie-in <laughs> to you, Zuckerman. Okay, him. tie it in. Tie the floor back. When I bought the 2009 black turbo with yes. the red interior, the one that you gave My, to your partner who gave who it to somebody it. who wrecked it, I actually called Michael back in Springfield because the guy that had it was his neighbor. And so he said, it's a fantastic car. You should buy it. And that's how I got that black turbo. Wow. So, that was a, so, uh, there were so few 2009 manual transmission oh, yeah. turbos. No, that it's was, just such a handful. That of was deck. terrible. That was a bitching car. And then it got wrecked <clears throat> and it got destroyed. And then there was a guy at a body shop. It, the whole front end was taken off this car spike. And the guy who had wrecked the car came to me and said, I went to a body shop and they <laughs> said they could fix it like new. And yes, I said, I tell you what, sure. you go and and buy it from me and you have it fixed like new and drive yeah. it over 70. Be my guest. That's like what someone once said, <laughs> I'm, I'm writing a movie about this, this Porsche 356, so the movie studio is going to restore it. And yeah. I said, who? Oh, yeah. They go, New Line good. Cinema. Yeah, new Line. Well I didn't known. know they had a restoration department for cars. <laughs> they do. They're going to make it good. Anyway, gentlemen. Happy thank you, John. to both of you. John, thank, thank you for you. driving Thanks up here. Thanks for having me. I'm flattered. To all of you, uh, have a safe uh, holiday week of fun. Get in your cars May and May under your tree be a frijole yes. or a taco. enjoy those <laughs> peanut M&Ms, and we're going to revive these old mini bike brands. Them again. Yeah. 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 And we'll see you next week on... We're going to put WR engines in. There you go. And we'll see you next week on Spike's Car Radio. Thanks for listening to Spike's Car Radio. Download new episodes every Wednesday on the Podcast One app or subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com. Podcast One Sports is your home for the Underdog Sports Network. Join Chris Horwoodell and friends each week as they cover the biggest stories in sports with shows like Tales from the Association, the Underdog Sports NFL Show, and You're Wrong and Here's Why. You can't rely on draft picks a lot of times with quarterbacks. There's four to five quarterbacks drafted in the first round that are complete busts. Check out all these exciting shows on the Underdog Sports Network every week on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.